0: Hello and a very warm welcome to you, our dear listener. This is the New Life Program, coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. We have a great show lined up for you. Thanks for joining us. I am your host, Monica Kamokwa. Very glad that you're tuned in. To start off the show is Lydia Ache. We'll be talking about The Marriage Compare Snare on Family Life. Then later on, Ian Muse will join us in the Bible segment with the topic, Serving God in Truth. But first, let's get the song, Jesus Touch My Heart by Gloria Singers. Stay tuned.
1: Jesus touch my hand, let me walk with you to today Jesus touch my heart, every day. Jesus touch my let me walk you Jesus touch my heart. Day. and in my tribulations make me right, your Lord and staff will guide me all the way, all my fears and worries down to you. Jesus touch my heart every day. Jesus touch my heart, give me love and joy and peace. Jesus touch my heart every day. And in my tribulations, make me. All my fears and worries are down to you I give
0: Dear listener, that was Jesus Touch My Heart by Gloria Singers. You're listening to the New Life Program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist Toy Radio, the voice of hope. Here comes Lydia Aching with more on the Marriage Compare Snare. Stay tuned and be on the know.
2: Hello dear listener, welcome to today's Family Life program. I'm your presenter Lydia Aching. Today we'll talk about the marriage compare snare. Have you ever looked at someone else's spouse and thought, oh, how I wish my spouse. Or have you ever looked at someone else's marriage and thought, oh, how I wish I had a marriage like that. And then you found yourself less satisfied with your situation than you were before you went down that imagination trail. Be on the alert is the message the Bible tells us in First Peter 5, verse 7. Because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. How much do you think it will entertain the enemy of our faith if you end up being devoured by the monster of envy in your marriage? Actually, it will be a major victory against God's ways of conducting ourselves because the Bible says, do not covet. So be on the alert and don't give in. When you get caught up in the compare snare of comparing your life with someone else's, you slide down a slippery slope where your imagination can distort your perceptions. You can end up thinking the other person's life is better than it is in reality, and yours is worse than it is in reality. I realize that whenever I take my eyes off the path I'm walking on, and I start looking at another person's path, I can stumble and fall because my eyes aren't directed where they should be. It distracts me from being content whatever the circumstances, as the Apostle Paul states in Philippians chapter 4. It's important to keep in mind that the Bible says in Psalm chapter 37, verse 23 and 24, If the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm. Though he stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Do you really think the Lord will be delighted if we fall into the compare snare and covet what someone else has? The prayer of our hearts should be, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior and my hope is in you all day long. Psalm 25, verse 4 and 5. That's pretty difficult to pray in a pure sense when we've got our eyes on someone else's path and not on our own. On this subject, author Suzanne Woods Fisher writes, Comparing and coveting aren't passive feelings. If unchecked, they can hurt us. A pattern of comparing and coveting can take root in our thinking and become sinful. The Bible tells us to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 Clearly, God is concerned with our thoughts. The problem occurs because comparisons often distort our perceptions. We can start to imagine other spouses and marriages as being less flawed and more perfect than they really are. Comparisons can also lead us into temptation. Suzanne told of a woman named Linda who found this to be true. She writes, After 20 years, Linda felt like giving up on her marriage. And just at that point, along came a man blessed with gifts in areas her husband Tim lacks, their pastor. He was gifted in communication and I felt a real connection with him, Linda says. Soon I found myself looking for ways to spend more time with him, joining committees to be near him, dropping by events where I'd know he'd be. I became preoccupied with our pastor, which caused frustration with Tim to grow exponentially. Without even being aware of it, I started to have an affair of the heart, something I never dreamed I'd be capable of. Finally, God convicted me of what I was doing and how my thoughts were hurting my relationship with Tim and with God. I confessed my thoughts to Tim, and though we were able to work through it, we ended up leaving the church. Even though this emotional affair never progressed into adultery, I knew it could, given the right circumstances. And it all started with how I compared my husband with another man. The compare snare may not personally lead you down the path of having an affair of the heart, but you never know when you start to allow yourself to imagine things you shouldn't. Many who thought it would never happen to them tragically found out that it did. The author Suzanne Fisher went on to tell how, at one point, she found herself envying those who had bigger and nicer homes than hers. Eventually, she said, we repainted rooms, replaced dead plants, and reshuffled furniture to fit the space. I found my attitude changed too. I began to focus on what I have and began to enjoy and appreciate our home. I noticed aspects of it I would overlooked and was surprised to find I became much less critical of others. She goes on to say, That same strategy works in marriage. When I pay attention to areas that need work and improvement and appreciate what I do have rather than dwelling on what I don't, I find myself enjoying a stronger, healthier marriage. The lesson to me is to take care of what I have, give thanks, and the right attitude will follow. What a great lesson. Never allow your imagination to run away in useless wishing, dwelling on what might have been or what you think it should have been. Dwell on what it is and what it can be as you adjust your life in God's plan for you in your present situation. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. We demolish argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. May you be successful in this mission, especially as it concerns your marriage. This material is provided by Marriage Missions International. Until next time, God bless you.
0: For those of you who are just joining us, this is the New Life Program with me, Monica Kamoko, your host, coming to you live from the Adventist All Radio, the voice of hope. If you wish to drop comments, suggestions, or questions, do so through the producer Adventist All Radio, PO Box 42276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us at awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org. Now that that is off the way, here is a song, Nili Kupa Wewe, by Gloria Singers. You're listening to the new live program, coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist All Radio, the voice of hope. Don't change the channel. Nili
1: Wewe, damu ya
0: Sema, thanks for choosing our station. We are because you are. And now, please join me as I welcome Ian Mose for the Bible segments. His message is Serving God in Truth. Be blessed.
3: Greetings, dear listener, and welcome to our study today. The topic of our study is serving God in truth. I am a presenter, Ian Musa. In Matthew chapter six, verse twenty-four, Jesus says, "No man can serve two masters. Ye cannot serve God and Mammon." There is a law of physics that says two things cannot occupy the same place at the same time. This is true in the spiritual realm too. There is room enough for only one God in our lives. Whatever we serve will eventually shape our character and determine our destiny. Satan knows we can't serve God and Mammon. That's why he stealthily lays traps to get us where we sacrifice our faith on the altar of greed and covetousness. We spend our best energies, talents, and resources for temporal prosperity while mortgaging eternal security. The story of a man who once met Jesus illustrates the impossibility of simultaneously serving God and mammon. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments Do not commit adultery Do not kill Do not steal Do not bear false witness Defraud not Honor thy father and mother And he answered and said unto him Master All this I have observed from my youth Then Jesus beholding him Loved him and said unto him One thing thou lackest Go thy way Sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that scene, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about, and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? Mark chapter 10 verse 17 to 23. The man's focus was on his great possessions, when it should have been on his great God. Earthly treasures blocked his view of the heavenly riches that come with following Jesus. Without even realizing it, he had made money his God. He was sincere, but he wanted to write his own rules and keep two gods in his life. Then, at the crossroads of life, he chose the broad path that could accommodate all his possessions. The narrow path had a cross. What this foolish man didn't recognize is that at the end of this path, there awaits a purely white mansion and a golden crown. There are streets of gold and eternal day, hell without disease, life rather than death, bliss and mingled with sorrow. In the end, you go where your God goes and where your heart has been. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew chapter six verse twenty-one. If money is your god and your heart is set on earthly things, then when Jesus returns, you will go to the malls and baths with your idols, and they shall go into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the earth for fear of the Lord and for the glory of His Majesty. When He ariseth to shake terribly the earth, and that day a man shall cast his idols of silver. And his idols of gold, which they made each one of himself to worship, to the moles and to the bats. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 19 to 20. When Jesus returns, every material thing will be consumed into ashes. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth Also in the works that are therein shall be burned up. 2 Peter 3 verse 10 In these are the things we've lived for. Then we will suffer the same fate. However, if Jesus is our God and we lived to serve and glorify him, then we will go to where he goes. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you and if I go to prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there ye may be also John chapter 14 verse 1 to 3 God owns everything and Satan tries to steal it from him The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein Psalms chapter 24 verse 1 For every beast of the forest is mine And the cattle upon a thousand hills I know all the fowls of the mountains And the wild beasts of the field are mine If I were hungry, I will not tell thee For the world is mine And the fullness thereof Psalms chapter 50 verse 10 to 12 The silver is mine And the gold is mine Said the Lord of hosts Haggai chapter 2 verse 8 Satan steals the Lord's money By getting Christians To withhold their tithes and offerings Will a man rob God Yet he have robbed me Yet he say Wherein have we robbed thee In tithes and offerings Ye are cast with a curse For ye have robbed me Even this whole nation Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field said the lord of hosts malachi chapter 3 verse 8 to 10 listener god doesn't have a wallet or pockets the only pockets he has in which to keep his money are ours he gives us the bounties of the earth and lets us hold them for him then when he needs something for his work he calls upon us to reach into our pockets and pull out whatever he needs let us be faithful servants so that he may find us worthy to stand when he comes back again. Be blessed. Amen. I was your presenter, Ian Musa.
0: Thank you for staying tuned throughout the show. I hope you're blessed just like I was. Don't forget to send us your views, comments, or questions about the show to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, Code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Email us at awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org. Until next time, I have been your host, Monica Kamokwa. God bless you abundantly.
1: Cool.